I mean, it's obvious God has a special plan for my life. Why did my brothers do this to me? I only did what my father asked for. A dream has come true. I mean, it's not nice to be sold as a slave by your own brothers. But here, yeah, it's okay. I won't die in here. Because I did everything right. Didn't I learn my lessons when my brothers sold me a slave? Now I'm dying because of them. God, your thoughts and plans are so much higher than mine. Tonight, hope you're doing good. You're doing good. Everybody's doing good tonight. It's always a, a blessing, a privilege to be in the house of God. I love really the ICF church because it's amazing what God is doing through this church and in the church. We have so many testimonies. We, we baptize people, people get saved, and God is doing really big, big things. We have started about five weeks ago a brand new series about From Dream to Destiny. It's actually the story uh, about Joseph in the Old Testament. And the title tonight is The Prosperity Test. I would love to start with a simple illustration, and I would love to ask 20 people right now on stage. 20 people, come on, don't be shy. Just come on stage, 20 people. Let's give the 20 people a big hand. They're doing awesome. And this is an illustration that 20 people will representing uh, the, the whole world, the seven, five billion people on planet Earth. And these 20 people is just a number about things have split up in, on this Earth. For example, my question number one is, how has the food split up on Earth? And here is the number. Out of 20, 17 people, they are able to eat meat, and only three people are only eating vegetarian. One, two, three. Is anyone here, you don't like meat? Hands up. Why? <laughs> no, just kidding. I have to be honest, animals are nice. But just this is like the number in the whole world, from the whole population, 17 to three, it's about the meat. What's about motorized vehicle? 17 people, they own a car, a bicycle, and out of them three, they have nothing. They just walk and they're very good runners, for example. What about education? 17 can read and write, and three, they're not able to read and write. What about the drinking water? Because if you live in Switzerland, you can drink the water from the sink. It's so clean and healthy. Here's the same number. 17 out of 20, they have an excess for healthy water. And three, they're not happy. But they're still alive. Now comes an amazing statistic about mobile smartphone. Out of 20, 16, they own a smartphone, and now there's some movement on the stage. The number drops to four. They don't have an access to any mobile phone. Now comes about money, the daily wage. And here is an amazing number about the whole world. From uh, zero to two dollars wage a day, the number is 13. 20 dollars, from two to 20 dollars are three. From 20 to 90 dollars a day is three. And people that earn more than $90, it's 0.2. That's not even a one person. 
has to go down on stage, is only 0.2. That means only 1% one, 1 of the world population, if you're thinking, are not earning enough, you belong right now to the 1% on planet Earth. And my question, this is a typical Swiss guy here, you earn more than 90 US dollars a day, not an hour, a day. How do you feel? It sucks. <laughs> it sucks to be alone. That's it. <laughs> it sucks to be the richest person on planet Earth. Uh, maybe. I think it would. Wow, thank you so much. Let's give those people a big hand. And this is an amazing statistics about wealth, position, education, and everything on planet Earth. Joseph in the Old Testament, he had an amazing journey. In 13 years, he faced 10 tests. And all of a sudden, he became the number two in Egypt. And he made it to the Psalms in 105, verse 21 to 22. The Bible says, he made him, that means Joseph, the master of his household, ruler over all the possessed, to instruct his princes as he pleased and teach his elders wisdom. With other words, Joseph was an example in terms of stewardships, in terms of money. And here is a clip how Joseph felt to be in that unique and amazing position. Here is the clip. I'm alive. This is a miracle. Because of the cupbearer, he remembered me when the Pharaoh had his dream. And I was able to give the Pharaoh the meaning of his dream. And the Pharaoh made me to the most powerful man in his land. And I just wanted to get out of prison. This story is incredible. Oh. Through your grace, God. Only through your grace. Your thoughts and plans are so much higher than mine. I really bow before you, Lord. While Joseph was in an amazing position, he was blessed from God. He stewarded the wealth very, very well. And often, I have to be honest, when we read just this chapter, we think, oh my gosh, this man was really anointed. But often we forget the 13 years when God had to work on his heart. He had some issues about fear, pride, stinginess, destructionness. God worked so much on his heart. And I want to read you a Bible verse. I read it already last uh, Sunday. In Genesis chapter 40, verse 12 and 15, when, when, when a guy had a dream and Joseph knew exactly what the dream is all about. And watch and learn the language in his life of Joseph. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to the Pharaoh so he might let me out of his place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did not nothing deserve it. And here is a lot of wording in that context. Let's keep the rest in that Bible verse and you will see me, myself, and I, and me, myself, and I. This was for more than 13 years. 
in the heart of Joseph. And every test has only one reason to chip all those things out in our hearts. They don't belong to you and me. And after 13 years, God could say, Joseph, now your heart is right, your attitude is right, and I want to bless you with more anointing than ever. I want to give you a very simple illustration. For example, we say heaven has all. Heaven has all the money, all the healing, has all the good words. The good words not belonging to Donald Trump. The good words belong to God. God has everything in heaven, right? We say heaven is perfect. And how will heaven collide on earth? How does the collation take place? Because here on planet earth, we have some issues Sometimes some um, troubles, sometimes we are worried, sometimes life goes smooth, goes well. But now comes the question, how will heaven collide on earth? The Bible says, our heart is the most important piece between heaven on earth. Because God works through my heart to be a blessing on earth. God used my heart as a channel to be a blessing for other people. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, and this is a Bible verse, who explains that whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. With other words, our heart is very, very important, the position of our hearts. With other words, I cannot create the blessing but I can stop the blessing. If I'm not honest, obedience, I will stop the blessing and God will not use my heart, my life again to be a blessing on earth. And this is very important to understand. In verse 11 and 12, the Bible goes on. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? The two riches of heavens are even more than money. And if you are not faithful with other people's thing, why should you be trusted with things of your own? And this is an amazing Bible verse. And tonight I would love to speak about Joseph. He was a very, very good steward in terms of money, position, and wealth. And when you write, read the Bible, you can see three styles of giving to the whole entire Bible in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, whatever. The point number one tonight is just the principle of the first fruit. Have you ever heard the principle of the first fruit? The first fruit is not 10% of tithing. The first fruit is like a principle, for example, when you plant a banana tree, and you have the first banana, that means you bring the first banana, everything you have, into the house of God and you trust God. This is my first offering and this is for you. You see this to the whole entire Bible. Here is in Exodus chapter 13, verse 2 and 12. This is a very, very unique Bible verse. I think you have read this maybe one million times. Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. The first offsprings to the born, and both humans and animals belongs to me. You must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord, for they belong to him. I know Swiss people say, oh, this Bible verse is not for me. 
I'm not a shepherd. I don't have a sheep at home. Or he say, oh, the banana tree, I don't have any banana tree at home. But I want to explain this Bible verse in a very, very simple illustration. You know, I love to break things down that everyone can relate with that Bible verse. Here is a simple illustration of that Bible verse. Here are two sheep, a man and a female. They're not single anymore. They get married in ICF Zurich. We train them, we teach them, we bless them. They had an amazing wedding. And after the wedding comes always the honeymoon. This is the picture of a honeymoon for sheep. And after nine months, a baby was delivered. People say, oh, so cute. Oh, the little sheep, the little, oh my goodness, the ear and the eyes and the name, oh, the smell. Mm, oh, mm, mm. c'est très bien, c'est fatigué, magnifique, français, oh la maman, And we are so excited, right? And the Bible says the first fruit the first amount of money you ever earn in a company or the first dividends you earn in a company, the very first you bring to the temple. And this was, even for these two sheep, a shocking moment. Like, oh, no, poof. And here you trust. When you're bringing the first fruit, you trust. This one sheep will redeem the future. All the sheep they will come and come and come. You do this, you believe in a multiplication. This is the principle of the firstborn blessing. You understand that picture? When they conquered the very first city in the promised land, the very first city in Jericho, when they conquered Jericho, God said to them, nothing belongs to you. The whole entire city, everything belongs to me and you do have to offer the first city to me. And the next nine cities, you can have it. The first city they conquered, they belong to God. Another story about Cain and Abel. There were two uh, funny guys, and you can see two different hearts attitudes. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 and 5, in the course of time, Cain brought some of, some of the fruits and the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering. Fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offerings, he did not look with favor. You will say, what's wrong with God? It's nothing wrong with God, something wrong with their hearts. One guy, he brought God the firstborn, the best he ever had. And the other guy said, oh God, I have some leftover." You want to have the leftover? Are you happy with the leftover? God is never a leftover God. When God gave the Son, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was not the leftover Son in heaven. God gave the best Son he had for you and me, the firstborn he brought to me, you and me. Now break it down. What does the firstborn blessing actually mean for us as a Christian? Um, for, do I have to be honest, many, many years I heard about tithing and uh, of course even tithing was a big challenge for me, but firstborn blessing I never heard before. There was one guy in our church, he moved away from Zurich to the Canton Argau, where there's a lot of fog in winter and uh, you need definitely the Holy Spirit, it makes you warm from the inside out. He bought a vineyard, a vineyard. And in the first year, when he caught 
all the grapes, he created his first wine. You know, Swiss people, they drink wine. And he brought the very first wine to the church, to the temple, ICF of Zurich. And unfortunately, I was, the, I was the pastor, and I have to taste that wine. And that wine, to be honest, it was so sour. But for him, it was the firstborn of the wine. And he teach me and said, Leo, I give it, I bring it to the temple, and I believe this wine will, re, will, will be a blessing for all the wines that will come. And to be honest, now the wine is a little bit better than many years ago. But here, here is the story. The firstborn blessing is a moment when you give everything. For example, my wife, she was writing uh, an article for a magazine, and about two weeks ago, she got for the very first time so, some money for the article. Maybe it was the first one who was really good. I don't know. Just kidding. But you get some money, right? And she said, Leo, that's me, this is my firstborn blessing and I will give all the money away because I believe in the future there's more to come. This is a statement of faith. I believe the rest God will redeem. For example, for us as a church, in the beginning of the year in January, in all the locations, in all the, the, the church services, we have the first offering in our church. We give it away as a statement to the church. It's our first blessing in that year, and we'll give it away to God, and we believe that the 51 offering will redeem the rest. This is the idea of the firstborn blessing. Let's go into the names for a moment about Joseph because names in the Old Testament had always a broad and deep meaning. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh and the second son he named Ephraim. You know, Joseph went in 13 years through 10 tests and a lot of tests Joseph said, God, I don't get it. I don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. But the first son Manasseh, the meaning was for God has made me forget. With other words, God, I don't understand everything, what you're doing, but the first son, you redeemed everything what happened in my past. And the second son, Ephraim, means for God has caused me to be fruitful. And this was a statement. The firstborn blessing is a statement. The very first income or dividends you have, bring it to the church and you trust that the rest God will redeem. The second principle is tithing. And maybe you heard many times, million times about tithing. And the Bible verse that every preacher uses to put a little bit pressure on people is Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. And I will not use it to, to blame you, but here is one word. When I read it, I flip out. Here is the word, the floodgates of heaven. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. This is the idea of tithing. You know what the most Swiss people read? Oh, I am cursed if I don't bring 10%. No. Let it rain. I just see the opportunities that God offers me, Pastor Leo. You want to see the floodgates are open? Yes, of course. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. 
tithing is tithing is the best thing, it's a test. God is testing me like Joseph. Do you really believe that I will open the floodgates of heaven? Let's go back to the graphic. When heaven has everything in store, right? Healing, money, everything. Open the floodgates of heaven means God is pouring out everything what he has in heaven through me on earth into my family, into my small group, into my everything. And my heart gets bigger from year to year, from giving to giving. And the heart is growing and growing and growing and growing. Tithing is actually the best thing that can happen to you. Before I go on about different styles of giving, I want to make a praise break. You know, I have never bought a car in my whole entire life. Never. I'm now 49 years of age and I've never bought a car in my whole entire life. And I want to give you a testimony. In that area, God has opened the floodgates in the car world for me in outstanding ways. And I want to encourage you with that testimony. You cannot outgive God. Sorry, it's impossible. The first car we get was from the parents of law. Masafawi Passat was a red car. And I gave it to my, one of my technique guy. And then he drove with my car on Saturday night and on Sunday. When I came to church, he said to me, I have good news and bad news. I said to me, the good news is I'm still alive. And the bad news is your car is total damaged. There's no car anymore. And he had no insurance company, he had nothing. And I will never forget, I was not angry. I said, okay, if you don't have a money, if you don't have an insurance company, let's go on our knees and ask God for a car miracle. And we prayed together, God, you see this car is damaged, give Pastor Lee a new car. And straight after that prayer, maybe one week later, I got another car from a guy from our church, was also a red Fawi Golf. Out of that Fawi Golf, when it break down, a woman, um, far away from Zurich in the, in the east French part of Switzerland, the husband was super rich and he thought to surprise his wife, he bought a, a BMW Gabriele vertical. And she drove once with the BMW and she figured out, oh, it's too cold. And he said, honey, the, I don't like the car. And in the prayer time, God spoke to her and said, hand this car over to Pastor Leo. And this is how I get a double BMW Gabriele vertical. But then we had a campaign in our church and God spoke to me and said, you have to sell that car. And we sell the car. Let it go, let it go, let it go. We sold the car and gave all the money to the church. And for nine months, there were no car miracles in my life anymore. I have to bicycle every day, bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. For nine months, God, where's the car? And then we get a white Opel. And after the white Opel, we get an other Opel, a German car. And then when we had this German car, God spoke to me that we should give our car to a, to a family in our church that have no car. Always saying to God, why are you always talking to me? And we gave that car to that couple. And there were another couple, they heard about that story we gave. And there was a lady and she gave us a Mercedes the best car we ever had in our life. It was super expensive. I had to sign a contract that I'm not, I, I, I'm not able to, to give it away again. If I really have to sell, sell a contract and said, if you want to sell it, you have to come and ask us for permission. And then God spoke to me again. 
Because we had a couple in our family that, that, that uh, was a family in our church that had no car. And God spoke to me, sell that car. Out of that car, you can buy two cars. And we had to ask the family, said, okay, uh, buy it. And we gave that family a car. And my wife, she became a rover. A rover is a good car. And after the rover, we had two cars. It was the double blessing. We got an Opel a Vertical and a Mazda X9. This is a very cool car. And now, in uh, some weeks, maybe in two weeks, I get another car, uh, a Range Rover. Yeah, I've never bought a car. It was always a gift from God. If people coming to me and say, do you believe in tithing? <laughs> what should I say? What should I do? <laughs> That's a cool testimony, right? Let's give God a hand. I am really, I am really, I mean, I, sometimes you forget the blessing. The God said to me, write it down. It was the first time I wrote it down. And I'm now super surprised because you see the LED screen. We have a lot of space for Ferrari and uh, Maserati. And uh, now why, why Opel? Now it's time for a new level. <laughs> I want to give you... Five, three reasons you can give religious giving. Religious giving is for those people who say, oh, I have to give. I have to give. I don't believe in religious giving. I believe giving, you need a vision. You know, our grand-grandfather, we have a grand-grandfather. We have a friend in common. Our friend who we have in common is Abraham. Before God gave the law, before God spoke about tithing, before the law was ever written, Abraham brought 10% to Melchizedek and said, I want to bless you because God has blessed me and I will be a blessing for other people. John Rockefeller, he's not a Christian, uh, I think so. He gave 10% always away and he had an amazing statement. If your only goal is to become rich, you will never achieve it. With other words, even though if you're super rich, you will be never happy. People, they give they believe that everything what I have, what I own, comes from God. Then is the second giving you can give, a clever giving. Clever giving. This is my favorite Bible verse in Luke chapter 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together and running over and poured into your lap. This is like a wrap running over. Shake it down, come on. I love it. Archie Elterno, he invented big, big machines, and this is my favorite quote in terms of money. I shovel money out, but God shovels it back. God has a bigger shovel. I love it. With other words, you cannot, you cannot outgive God. God has always a bigger shovel. Then it's always a double clever giving. Double clever giving is very important for those people here right now. You're tithing for many, many years already. You say, oh, Pastor Lee, I know, I know this message already. But this Bible verse, please never forget. The Bible says you can store and save money in heaven. You know what is the problem about that Bible verse? Because we have the generation uh, Y. Y? Why? Gener generation Y. This is... Why? Why? Generation Y believes they have a slogan, YOLO. You only live once. It's the YOLO generation. They will say, I don't care about the Bible verse because I have a YOLO attitude. 
But I want to be honest to you, you're not YOLO once. You are YOLO twice. You are a YOLO twicer. We YOLO here on earth and we YOLO there. Because there is a heaven. And you can store up a big amount in heaven. There's a guy in our church, he's a very, one of the biggest givers in our church. And every year when I say, thank you so much, he said, don't say thank to me. I want to say thank you to you. I say, why? He said, I have challenged me so many times to give more and you gave me the opportunities to store some money in heaven and nobody can ever steal me. And I want to say thank you, Pastor Leo. That's a different attitude, right? And you can give giving out of faith because sometimes, to be really honest, I don't want to sell anything to you. Sometimes you give in faith and you see no results. And not, I'm not giving because it's a deal. I give you God and you give me. We're like in a win-win situation. I just give because I know and I know for sure the blessing of God and anointing of God will flow always through my heart, into my family, into the small group, into the church, and I will be a source when God can flow through me. In closing, there is the principle of offering. There's a difference between the firstborn blessing, the firstborn blessing means the first fruit means I give everything. The tithes means I just give 10% every month. This is like just basic. But offering means it hurts a little bit. This is above the tithes. And here is an amazing story of a young guy. God challenged him to give all. Hello together. I want to share a story with you. Last summer we were on vacation in Kuala Lumpur and my father had a message there about if you have a need, plant a seed. And I've already heard this story many times, but it never really said anything to me. But this time God told me, you have to spend the whole money you have on your bank account. I was quite shocked and I thought about it for a very long time and I just said to me, well, let's do this, this step and just trust in God. And so I went to the hotel and I took my computer and I just spent the money I had on my bank account. Bang. That's crazy. This is my son. When he came to me and said, Daddy, God spoke to me, I should give all the money to the church. You have to understand he's 17 years of age. This money, he has not some 100 francs, he has some thousands on the bank account saved in 17 years. He did some business, he got some money from my mother, from Susanna's parents for Christmas, for Easter. He was saving, he always gave 10%, but God challenged him, giving all. And this was for him a big test. Will I trust God when I give everything what I have, everything what I've served, saved to God? And this is, dear friends, always an amazing test. I want to challenge you is ICF Zurich is your mother church. This is what we believe. We bring 10% into the church, into the house. We're not splitting up the tithes, 5% ISAF and 5% to missionary. We bring the 10% as a whole amount into the temple. That means ISAF Zurich. But we can support missionary 
in above the ties and that's the moment where it hurts a lot and Susanna and myself we supporting a lot of people around the world above the tithing this is our offering we give some on Sunday and of course when the reach campaign comes we ask us every year what is our amount and every year God is shocking me about the number because God is stretching our faith our abilities and every year I'm surprised we were able to give I want to close with a Bible verse in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 20 and 21 in the future when your son asks you what is the meaning of the stipulations decrees and laws of the Lord God has commanded you tell him we were slaves of the Pharaoh in Egypt but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And now we want to ask you, what is the link from that Bible verse to my own life? All of here, we have been slaves of the devil. We served the devil and we were under the leadership of the devil. That's the fact. And God sent His Son Jesus Christ and He saved us from Egypt, from the hand of the devil into the kingdom of God. And we are not the same anymore. And in the kingdom of God, we have a God who does everything like in the life of Joseph to bring the gold out of our hearts. And sometimes it takes 13 years until the heart is ready to be a source, to be a canal, to be a blessing for other people. I love that message because Swiss people, they have to hear the message and everyone around the world. And this does something with our hearts, but I believe you can never outgive God. In closing, I would love to pray with you guys because everyone is in a different situation. Maybe some people you don't have a job or other people you, you are in the job but you don't like the job. Or maybe right now God is challenging you to tithe for the very first time or God is challenging you to give above the tithe for the REACH project. I don't know, whatever is your situation, but there is a God who knows what you need and God is the master forming and shaping our hearts. Let's close our eyes for a moment. And the prosperity test is really one of the hardest tests because it's a black or white, a yes or no test. There is no gray area. And Father God, I'm so thankful, I'm so happy that, that in all my years, you have coached me, you have trained me to become more and more a super generous person who believes that the kingdom of heaven will flow through me and will be a blessing for other people. Can we give God right now the permission to shape you, to form you, to challenge you, to trust, put God first and the rest will add it to you. the mighty hand of God who saved you from the hand of the devil 
he brought you to Jesus Christ in a brand new kingdom and the kingdom has a name it's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is bigger than earth the kingdom of God has everything belongs everything and you can do everything and let's be quiet for a moment in the presence of God about money there's different reactions in our soul in our heart in our mind and I love the challenge from God Almighty do you really believe in the first first fruit blessing are you really believe if you put God first everything will add it to you in your job in your career in your health in your marriage, in your relationship, in terms of kids, everything what God will add to you. Let's ask the Holy Spirit, just fall down in those areas, because those areas we need breakthrough. We need miracles. trust your sovereignty when there is no clarity because I can't sit forever in my disappointment and pain I'm gonna stand and I'm gonna sing again sing again sing again fear loves to live in you fear loves to keep you where you are fear wants you to do what you have always done and never do anything else fear wants to shackle your pot 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 potential and fear always wants to limit you but every everlasting change starts with the Word of God the Word of God has a power in it like nothing else. Jesus, I'm afraid. Jesus, let's do it. And there are moments when you are in a ladder, when you are facing an area where you're super afraid. Pray, grab, hold, face, and please don't give up. Oh. 